Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm joined by Dan. How are you, Dan? Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, well, after what was a, a very promising, or like, I don't know, maybe not promising, it's the wrong time of the year to have promising results, I suppose, but a pleasant result um, against Watford. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting last week on the podcast, Logan and I were talking about these two games and kind of going into the episode, I was thinking, geez, these are two pretty tough games, you know, Burrard sitting in fourth in the table, uh, Watford still theoretically in with a chance of the playoffs and obviously as a relegated side, pretty tough uh, test. But we sort of talked ourselves around to almost backing ourselves in for the six points, <laughs> which at one stage in the Burrard game was um, sort of on. But um, yeah, look, look, we'll talk that Burrard game first of all. Um it seemed to follow a bit of a pattern that we've seen in a couple of games this season. Um, you know, I sort of think of the Norwich game as a good example where we took the lead early despite, I mean, not undeservedly, but probably kind of against the run of play to an extent. Um, the Sunderland game is another good example where we scored early and then kind of let in a run of goals quite like, you know, they scored two goals quite quickly in succession. It seems a bit of a trend. And I think Rosina talked after the game about the fact that you know, to go for promotion next season, we need to um, change or fix our mentality with that sort of situation in terms of um, digging in a bit harder, which, you know, we'll talk about Watford afterwards, but I mean, Watford, we certainly seem to show that a bit more. Um, but, you know, hard to be too unhappy with the Borough result given just the form that they're in. Yeah, look, um, it was... It was interesting to watch because it was it was pretty the first section of that game was sort of pretty back and forth and and I thought we we you know we played well they played well but we sort of it was sort of as you said like it was deserved in the like it, it, in the sense that we'd earned the goal but it did sort of feel like Middlesbrough probably had the better of the play for the most part um, but we'd held them out we got the goal um, and then as you said it just was an absolute capitulation we just to concede three goals in six minutes or something yeah. um, is, I mean, it's not good enough at any level, um, let alone, you know, at the second highest division in, in England. Um, and so that, that was pretty disappointing. But I think, like, probably part of it is, like, we, I mean, they know, like, there's obviously lots of players are playing for futures and all those sorts of things. But I think they do realise, like, we're, we're, I don't know if we quite were maybe at the middle of the game, but we were very close to being, you know, mathematically safe. Um, there wasn't really, there's not a lot to play for, but perhaps it was just a little bit of that. But then that ties into, you know, Rosina's comments about mentality that you need to be, you know, if you want to be pushing for the, 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 the playoffs for promotion, then you need to be able to get up for every game, regardless of it's, you know, how big or, or insignificant you might feel that it is so um i think we, we had a few good performances within that game but i think um you know when you're coming up against you know uh guys like akpom and and archer like um you, you only need half a sniff and they'll cause some damage so i think that's sort of really what we saw yeah and akpom's just been given player of the season so it kind of typifies the the year that he's had i think i saw that he didn't get a squad number at the start of the season from borough that's sort of how low he was sort of seen in the squad by Chris Wilder at the time clearly and uh, boy has he proven them wrong in in his performances um 
Uh, sort of a, a player to call out from our point of view. Well, two players, I suppose, one positive, one negative. I'll start with the negative was Pelkas. I thought he had a number of chances to to score or to at least you know, get a shot on target or, or, or have a bit more of an impact on the play with the positions he was getting in. Really disappointing game from him. Um, we saw him um, come out of the side for the Watford game with a couple of games to go and Racine has given a few vague comments in the media about him and Malcolm. I would suspect that's almost his time up with us. Yeah, look, he's um, he over the last well, sort of month, I guess, he's sort of he's been sort of in and out a couple of times. He's had a but, but and I suppose this suppose should have been his opportunity to try and you know secure you know secure an, an extended deal or, or you know um, secure a move elsewhere or something. But his performances. Like he's been busy, but as you say, no end product. No, mm. um, like always just seems to need to take an extra touch or, or an extra second on the ball when the opportunities are there realistically to, 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 to make the pass, to make the shot, to, to do whatever he needs to do. But, um, yeah, not great there. Um, but I think, um, the flip side is we had, you know, Ali scored a cracking goal. Yeah, um, he was going to be my positive, I was going to say. Yeah, great goal. Like, sensational goal. Um, a huge leap. I, like, I know he can run, and, and so it wasn't completely unexpected, but he, like, was a foot, like, above his marker. Yeah, he jumps where's that thing? Right? I've never like, seen that from him. Yeah, so um, a huge leap to, and then a really, like, Good quality, just glancing header, just glance, like across goal, bottom corner, um, that pretty much just left the keeper with with nothing. So um, that was a really nice goal. Um, I think you, I mean, obviously then that second period, Darlow became very very busy. Yeah. Um, and even for the goals, particularly the first uh, the first goal was the deflection. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so a bit unlucky on that one. He dived and then it took a deflection off, I think, Macca or something. And I think it was Macca, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, went where he just come from. And so, even the second goal from Macca was, I was going to mention it more with the Watford game as well because I think there was one passage of play where he was um, a bit poor in, a, in defending a chance. But it seems like the last two games, you know, sort of you see it sometimes with players, they signed a nice new deal and took mm-hmm. the foot off the pedal a little bit. But um, that second goal, I thought, pretty uncharacteristic from him in terms of um, obviously the keeper launches it long, it bounces yeah. over his head, which you sort of say, okay, you didn't win the first ball, but then you've just got to deal with the second ball. You've got to mm. just get, you know, strong body the the striker mm. out of the way, clear the ball or anything like that. But he just gets pushed off its way too easily. Yeah, I was um, pretty disappointed with that um, particular piece of defending as a defender myself. Um, I thought, one, he should be able to should have like there's plenty of time it came from the uh, Middlesbrough's keeper, so he should have been able to read that fairly easily. And as you say, even if you don't win win the the, the header or win the initial like thing, then when it bounces, there's heaps of time to either get himself in a better position or at least he has to like fight for that a bit more. He was pushed off way too easily um, for mm. a player that we've seen plenty of times. Um, you know, throw his body around. Um, at, you know and and um, be be quite strong on the ball. So that was a bit um, bit of a disappointing 
performance um, from him. And there was, I mean, there was a couple of moments even in the Watford game, as you alluded to, that um, where he um, gave me a bit of a scare. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, you know, you say, you say you're, you're a defender. I played my first game at centre-back on the weekend. So I'm clearly now a, an absolute expert on um, centre-back positioning and, and play. Yeah, that's so. how it works. <laughs> that's exactly um, how it works. If you, you play in a, in Australia uh, uh, where, you're paying, where you're paying fees, paying to play, um, then, yeah, we're clearly the experts on, on um, positioning. Absolutely. Um, and all things um, uh, football, but... <laughs> yeah, well, look, did you? We'll, we'll talk about that Watford game in a second. If you wanted to give your um, votes for this game first, oh, I honestly hadn't even thought about it. Um, I barely even remember it. Let's see. I will go. I'll. I'm just gonna go a bit wild, um, and I'll give the three points to Ali just for a tremendous goal, um, and I think like. Throughout the rest of the game, he did work really hard um, and he was involved in lots of good stuff. Um, but just, you know, we, we've been waiting a long time for him to sort of start getting s- some sort of like consistency. And that's a couple of goals in a couple of weeks. So I think um, that was really good. I'll give two points to Darlow um, because I think he was not really at fault for any of the goals and pulled off still quite a few good saves and... Um, is I think realistically, if we can get him, he's very potent, very seriously could be our best like signing for next season. I think like yeah. he seems to be just a really smart um, keeper. You know, good comes off his line pretty well most of the time when he gets the help from his defenders when he isn't left uh, like doesn't get caught short by them. Um, you know, good reflexes good mobility, good distribution. Um, so I think he sort of got got it all. And I think he'll, if we can if we can negotiate a deal over the summer, um, that'll be a sensational signing. And then for one point, I don't know. Um, pick a random name. Pick a name out of the hat. Uh, I'll give it to Slater, who was probably, I don't really remember, but I'm assuming he was busy in the midfield as usual. <laughs> Yeah, no, good shouts. And it's interesting, actually, we've got a, a few different votes um, between us. I, I went Darlow for the three votes. I thought he, you know, it's not often a keeper is going to get maximum votes in a game when they uh, concede three goals. But as you said, I don't think he's really at fault for any of the goals and, and made a number of outstanding saves to, to keep the score down, if anything. Um, so I got the three for me. I gave the two to Traore, who I thought had a really busy game in midfield um, and, and, again, is just showing his quality against this level of opposition where he doesn't look out of place and um, really impressed. And I think he's another where he's sort of only come into the side once the season's almost been dead effectively. Um, so actually getting him from the start, you know, touch wood, mm-hmm. that we get him from the start of the season can get a full season out of him. Um, I think it's really exciting for next season. Um, so I think that was pretty cool to see. I actually haven't given a vote to Ali. I probably should just for the goal, but I've gone the one vote to Seri, who I thought as well looked really, um, really outstanding and really neat in midfield. Um, again, I, I, I just sort of held off with Ali because whilst it was a good goal, and I know you said he, he, he did contribute, um, you know, in other aspects in the game as well. I just felt like... Um, like, I don't know how to, how to describe it. I mean, I think it would have been good to see him played as a central striker. I just think he lacks a little bit when he's playing out on the wing. He gets lost a bit sometimes. Um, but um, it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> how we plan to use him for next season. 
and and how that all tracks. Um, more positive result against Watford, the one 0 win at home. Um, you know, not everyone seemed to enjoy the game. I think <laughs> listening to Fletcher's commentary on iPlayer, I, I, I follow uh, the the references to, to how slow the game was. I, I actually didn't mind it as much as some people. Like I, I, it did it did have that sort of end of season feel to it, but especially that second half when um, Watford had that handball claim. And all of the um, all the supporters started, you know, crying for handball every touch. Um, and you had like the, the bit of incident with I want to say was it with Vaughan, and then um, Malcolm yeah. got involved as well. Yeah, um, going uh, down a bit Pe- easily. Pedro cleaned him up from behind, yeah. I think, and then Where I thought, got I mean, and then Malcolm just threw himself on the floor. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent play acting. That was oh, hundred percent. I thought the I thought the hit on Vaughan is arguably a red card because he's come in from behind with quite a bit of force and mm-hmm. you know whilst you know maybe by the letter of the law it's not because it's not stars or anything like that just the like it's almost like a violent act where it's you know yeah. it's just not suspecting it at all just gets completely smashed from behind um thought he was reasonably fortunate to stay on the pitch yeah look it was probably it was interesting because i just watched the highlights and that flashpoint didn't even feature <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah right but um, which yeah, it was an interesting, um, interesting game. I think. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, it, I don't. I feel like it, it was. I think that the slowness maybe was surprising because Watford still had everything to play for. Mm. But then it's like basically once they went behind, they just sort of they capitulated this week instead of us. Like they then was so slow going forward when they miss a chance they were just walking back there was no urgency in, in anything they were doing so um i feel like potentially that's like sort of where it, that um the disappointment maybe comes in regards to this game it wasn't that like because i think we played really well and we kept trying to create and we kept trying to do the right things but um i think Watford got frustrated with the result and then realized that it was all slipping away and that frustration just eventually grew out into, you know, those essential acts of violence where they, in that last half an hour of the game, they were just trying to bully us into submission. In, in and we stood up. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was good to see. I mean, it, you know, following Rosina's comments from Burroughs, from the Borough game, it was actually good to see a bit of backbone in the side and, and not really capitulating to that physicality from Offord. Yeah, because I, um, I know I think, like, you know, Malcolm coming into, you know, and, and some of the, the boys coming in to protect Vaughan. Um, I'm not sure, like, I don't know what Malcolm hoped to achieve by throwing yeah. himself on the ground and like everything, but I think like the it was good to see that that level of camaraderie and even like, yeah. you know, when, when two fans scores the penalty, everyone's around him and, you know, um, I think it that's... seems. It... I think back to the 12-13 promotion under Bruce when we had the big Irish core and everyone sort of saying how good the spirit at the club was. And I think we're starting to see a genesis of that here where, I mean, it's obviously going to be hard because there'll be players moving on in the summer. I don't know what the core will look like next season, but you start to see some players in there who are really starting to, to develop good relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talk about the penalty now. Um, to, I mean, I think I'd messaged the chat just maybe four or five minutes before the goal, thinking, will he celebrate if he, if he scores yeah. against them? And I thought, because it just seemed destined to be that he was going to score against them. A um, couple of elements to the penalty. I mean, Vaughan with the lovely back heel flick to, mm. to Slater to sort of open up the play and, and get him in on goal. 
Um, and then Slater, it was such a strange one because it was it was in such slow motion that he's sort of like appealing as he's falling over, um, which you don't often see because it's like the Watford players already sort of slid in on the ground. Um, but look, that must be about the third or fourth penalty that Slater's won for us. So he's he's getting into those attacking positions mm. and um, drawing the drawing the contact in that sense. Um, and then just an awesome finish from Tufan. Yeah, I think um, it was it was good build up play. Um, the the flick from Vaughan was um, was great. Just great awareness, just to um, you know see that he didn't really have options in front of him. Didn't do too much with it. Heard the call, flicked it behind, uh, and Slater. Yeah, it was a little comical. Um, no, I, I no doubt that it was a penalty. But oh, yeah, I think, yeah. like, as you say, like because I mean, I think he looked for it as well. Um, yeah, like as it, because it's one of those where he knows. Yeah. He's just gone. Well, I can just roll the ball back here, yeah. and then I just let myself get taken, and um, that's it. And so I think, I think because he knew it was all happening, he could see it all unfolding before him. He's potentially why, you know, basically before the what the players even touched him, he's got his arms up and he's yeah. going, "Come on, you're a penalty." Yeah. Um, but no, it was um, a well taken, a well taken penalty. I think well, like deserved, really. I think we we played we played pretty well. We worked hard to get to that um, point, and yeah, ice cool from. Um, from Tufan again, just um, I think sent the keeper the wrong way, bottom bottom left, placed it, so it was good. Is that seven um, or eight goals for him now this eight, season? Eight it's, season yeah. now, so if he gets one in each of our last couple of games, he'll hit those yeah. double figures. Yeah, so. yeah. And then we yeah. have that'll be the first. It'll be three players that got to double figures with him. Nah, There's, two. There's only two. Two, two for the season, but. Uh, it's a good shout. I don't know the lot. I mean, I've, I think presumably League One season with why what mm-hmm. Wilkes, Wilkes, um, KLP maybe, and um, Magenis. But in terms of championship, I'm thinking all the way back to like Hernandez and Diami maybe. Mm. Like I don't think any of the se- oh because what Wilson didn't get to double figures with Bowen was here. I don't think anyone um, else got. To- how did Campbell get last time he was here? Yeah, mate. Well, and then who else was with him? That's be tight. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so though. I, I guess the, probably that season where we almost hit the playoffs. That second mm-hmm. Atkins season, maybe. Um, but yeah, no. Look, it, it'd be good. Um, yeah, yeah. That'd be good to see Tufan get to double figures. I think he's he's like sort of my comment before about the um, the camaraderie with the group. I think he's definitely. Um, developing a really good sort of role in the side. And I think whilst there might've been some doubt in January about his long-term future with the club, I think, you know, even with Rosinha's, I guess, view of him, I think he's definitely coming much more into the picture now. And, mm. you know, when you think we've got him, we've got Traore, we've got Slater as those more attacking midfield options, I suppose, you can have that rotation without it being a, we don't mm. trust you. It's more uh, we can rotate yeah. those players to keep them fresh, um, mm. which, you know, like we saw with, you know, obviously if we replace Pelkas with um, um, somebody else in the summer or, or how we deal with that position, not too sure. But you start to sort of think, you know, if you have Pelkas playing one game, two fan or the other, you get the best out of both of them. Yeah, potentially. Um, but, yeah, I think um, we are – We are. I think we, we sort of touched on it last time that I was on. We, we actually do we, – we've got – a reasonable core to the squad, as you said. And, you know, if you've got those three in a more attacking midfield sense, you've got Seri and Simons um, who fill that more defensive role. Um, and Vaughan. Vaughan's looking right. awesome now all of a sudden. Mm. And that's what when you said, like, replacement for Pelkis, I thought maybe yeah. even just you just go, well, Vaughan's there. He slots into one of those 
uh, or potentially um, into one of those attacking um, third positions. But it's realistically not too bad when you, you're going to bring back, hopefully, for next season and everyone's fit. You know, Oscar's back, Tete's back. Connolly, um, maybe. Yeah, you don't know what's happening with, with Connolly and whether we do something there. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden the front line doesn't look as dire as it does right now, even just with Oscar and Tete back. Um, that yeah. changes the dynamic completely. So um, I actually don't know if there's too much work that needs to be done. I think, like, I, I guess it's the same conversation we had, but, like, a few key additions in a few key positions depending on who... Um, like what the negotiations look like for contracts and things, but yeah, if, um, if you exclude like if you exclude Darlow, who I think will sort out one way or the other, mm. I'd, I'd say we probably only need three to four players. Like you say, probably a left back, maybe mm. another wide player, and a striker is you three. Maybe you get like another centre back or something. Well, I'm okay. So when I say three to four, I'd say three players as new additions, and then whatever we let go, you could look to replace. Mm. So if we let Figueredo go, you get another centre back in, or if you let um, I don't know, you know, um, Tyler Smith go, you get another mm. backup yeah. And So I'm kind of going as as new additions to the squad. You probably need three players, yeah, um, which is a really good spot to be in. Yeah, I think um, Rose Rosie's got. I think like it's one of those things where six months ago it probably we probably looked at this picture very differently, but Rosie's sort of got a lot of these guys firing pretty well. So it's um, it's it's good to see. Um, I think. If we can continue and uh, finish the season off pretty strongly, not even though there's not really anything to play for, but I think we can potentially move up another spot Double or two spots. on the table. So um, get as high as we can, finish off positively, sort out some contracts, have a break, come back, do it all again. Do it all again, absolutely. Well, so I, I gave Slater the three votes for this one. Um, you know, I thought similar to your comments with the Borough game, I thought he was he was everywhere in this one, won the penalty, um, a really standout display from him. Um, two fan, the two votes for for scoring the penalty and also just, you know, looking pretty pretty dangerous in the game. I thought he had a chance of getting a second. He might have celebrated a bit more wildly. Um, it wasn't to be. Uh, and then Vaughan with the one vote. I thought another standout game from him, really showing that he does have a place at this level. And, and it, it, you know, I sort of, alluded to or compared him to Bowen in the last episode with he's got that sort of similar body shape with the low center of gravity and, and really sort of um, attacking mindset on the wing, um, which hopefully we don't coach out of him. You sometimes see it with young players where they come in and they just have that the shackles off and then you see it coached out of them when they get the discipline. But hopefully he can continue that confidence and um, kick on next season. Yeah, I think I actually be, have have been really impressed with um, with Vaughan and the I guess like the maturity or whatever that he's shown with with stepping in and basically coming straight into a starting role. You know, in successive games, I think he's done outstanding. There was I think the first twenty minutes or something of the first game, he was a little bit nervous, um, but I think he got a shot away or something, and then pretty much from that point hasn't really ever looked back. And we talked about. Um, or we referenced how he got cleaned up in that Watford game. He bounced back from that, didn't, you know, didn't let yeah. any of those sort of things um, affect him. So I think, you know, he is certainly one to watch for the future. And it's good to see that we are still, like, that we are still producing good talent as we sort of find, seem to find one of these players, you know, every couple of 
every few years, every two or three years, you know, we had Bowen and then we found KLP and then we've brought through Vaughan now. So it's good to yeah, see. Yeah, well, he, I feel like with Vaughan, he's sort of like Koval where we sort of signed them for the under-23s mm. and they went, oh, actually, they're, they're good enough to just slot into the first mm. team. Um, I, I, I assume he's probably played a couple of months in because I think we only signed him in January from Oldham. Mm. So, um, but, but just, yeah, that, that talent spotting, I guess, in that sense is, um, and it, it shows as well, you don't need to be spending millions and millions of pounds to find these guys. Like you can mm. find these gems pretty cheap, if, yeah. you know, if you have the right sort of scouting network. Um, yeah, right. So I went, again, uh, some similar, some different. I went, uh, I gave two fan the three because mm. I just thought um, he, with, with a point to prove against Watford, I think he, he really did this time. He really stood up and played really, really well, well-taken penalty, um, and I think um, did pretty much everything he needed to do. I gave two to Seri this time who I thought had a pretty good game and helped to keep the ball moving around, some nice um, uh, nice plays to to keep the ball moving when it seemed like we were going to get it bogged down, um, and one to Darlow, um, primarily for a save in the second half where he looked like he was going to get chipped. And oh, yes. Around the post, yes. A big, big, um, big save that, basically ensured that we kept the three points so i forgot um, all about that that was good yeah it was a huge huge save but and that was those twice twice where um i think it was mac at both times allowed unfortunately the um the defender to get past um i think the other one was he tried to head it back to darla oh, yeah. but he's but, he, but he's it was real soft and real um terrible and left darla in no man's land um this one was more of a, I think Dallow was coming out, the, the defence was coming back, and then they were sort of, neither was quite there. And um, I think it might have been Pedro tried to get the chip away, but yeah, um, yeah. Dallow got a, a big, or oh, not even a big hand, but enough of a hand to make a big save. So I've given um, a point to him just for that, for securing the three points for us. Good shout. Okay, well, let's do a quick round of Who Am I? And then we'll preview the Swansea game to finish off if you're ready to go. Yep, let's go. All right. So I made 35, well, I've made 35 appearances for City, scoring one goal. 35 and one. It's not. Um... I'm going to do this thing where I always go super recent. Um, it's not like Sari, is it? <laughs> it is Sari. That's a great <laughs> shout. That is a great shout. I was going super. I, mean, I was trying to think if there's anyone else who's only got one goal this season. Because I mean, you could have. I was thinking like Pelkus. Oh, I think Pelkus has more than one. Uh, yeah, that's a great shout. First game of the season. Yeah, joined in City in 2022. Still at the club, central midfield. Where the 24. I am Jean Michel Sari. Yeah. Uh, that's- very speedy uh, round of who am I? Well done. Um, all it's right, not a real now, quick or it takes forever. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, it's all, it's all, hey, look, it's always worth that guess on the first uh, first clue. Um, you never know. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, we'll preview the Swansea game now. And, and I think a couple of weeks ago or a month ago when we were looking at our run-in and, and targeting games that we could get the three points to, to really sort of secure safety or sort of ensure that we're not going to get dragged into anything, this is probably a game that we penciled in as most likely to get three points in. But Swansea have now won their last four games and they're actually in with a shout at the playoffs in the end. So 
you sort of think Watford playing with nothing, playing as if they have nothing to play for. Swansea is sort of the opposite where they're going out beating all comers. Like they just mm-hmm. beat Norwich 3 0, I think, on the weekend. Um, beat us earlier in the season 3 0 in what was Shotter's last game as well. So uh, I'd hope that the side is kind of geared up for a bit of revenge on them for that result. Um, but look, it'll be a tough prospect. It'll be a tough game for us. And uh, it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting watch in the sense that as we say we're sort of seasons over um not a whole lot to play for but there'll be players hopefully going out there playing for a future so there should be a good level of performance you'd hope yeah i think um it, i'm looking forward to it should be a good game even though as you say it's sort of a nothing really game i guess we potentially have the opportunity to play party cooper again um so i mean maybe i think we, we sort of penciled that in that that was probably potentially all, all the fun we could have in the yeah. remainder of the season. Well, we might be able to, maybe we can go two weeks in a row, um, ruining some other teams' chances. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, I think um, I think they've been pretty good. I think, like, if, when we played them last time, they looked pretty, they looked pretty decent. Um, I know, yeah, we looked at the table a couple of months ago and the run-in and thought, oh, the last half a dozen games is you know, Swansea and Luton and Watford, and we definitely, you know, Luton's in third, I think, at the, the minute. Yeah. Um, Watford, we yeah, just expected, expected to be higher. Um, obviously, Borough was well, probably when we looked, we were probably second because I think for the large yeah. chunk of the season, we're fighting off with um, Sheffield United. United. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, this definitely would have been on paper a, a, a while ago, look, looking like the easier of the fixtures, but. Um, a lot can change in football, um, and this might be could end up being the toughest game of our run in. Yeah, um, yeah. One player I wanted to call out just quickly was Ryan Manning, who I think has said he's not signing a new contract at Swansea. He, he's their left back, and I think the, the 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 suggestion or the presumption would be he's going on to bigger and better things um, as a position that we're sort of after filling. And and the fact that last summer we we beat them off to get Cyrus Christie to to sign with us instead of going back to Swansea. I, I would love to hold out a bit of hope that we could try and tempt Manning across because I think that just feels such a natural need for us. And 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 it's the sort of player we we need to be targeting where mm-hmm. you think last summer we wouldn't have thought we were a chance to get someone like Seri, but he came to us. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have thought we could get, you know, Christy if it was a choice between us and Swansea, but he came to us. You've got to have that sort of ambitious target, I suppose, mm-hmm. to go after these guys and say, well, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't we be the right club for them to come to if we're going for promotion. So he, he's he's one I, I'll be interested in watching because I haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, I know he scored a few goals for them recently, um, so I'll be keeping an eye on him in this one. Yeah, I think um, in terms of recruitment, it seems like Ajun gets fairly involved in that process, um, you know, and because he's such seems like such a likeable fella um, that... I think he gets himself involved because of that, because he knows he can mm. you know, he can sell he can sell the dream and sell the story and 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 get people to buy into that. So I think um, maybe it's time to get him to give him a call. Well, <laughs> um, I was just taking, yeah, taking I mean, out like, to dinner after the game. Yeah, <laughs> right. you, you never know. Like I think, as you as you say, like some of these, the regardless of what they say or why they decline a contract, like things things change, right? Like. Yeah, as you said, with Sari, you never really, we never really thought it was sort of on and off and off and on. And he was here and then he was, no, he wasn't going to go to Italy and he was going to go somewhere else and he was going to go. And so we never really thought it was going to happen. Um, it seemed like, you know, a fanciful, 
you know, the dream were, were being sold the dream, but whether it was going to get delivered. But um, they did in in um, in the summer and even in January. I think they did pretty well there. So um, hopefully, do it again. But that's it. Um, yeah, going to be a, a tough game. Um, changes for this one, and any any changes you'd make to the eleven? I I think we've we've got the full week to recover. Um, I don't really. I don't really see why we why we would. I can't really see any reason to make any force changes. I know, like, which is very contrasting. I think a couple of weeks ago, I was saying let's give blokes who are playing for contracts a bit of a run. But um, oh, yeah, I mean, like Elder's in the side at the moment. Mm. Um, Greaves is playing centre back because this is where I start to think as well. Like Jones is out with an injury. I assume he'll still be out, but that's just because mm. the cynic in me thinks these guys are all just done for the season. Like Oscar doesn't seem like he's coming back. Connolly, I don't know what's happening with him. Yeah, I um, just don't know why you would. Like, I just don't. I think it's a. There, it's so close to the end that yeah. Rosie's gone. Like, why? Why bother? Like, why? Yeah. You may as well just have the start your off season, your preseason, have the extra time for rehab, and um, and come back next season fully fit, um, raring to go, rather than you know come back for a game and risk you know one game or two games in season and risk you know re-injuring because you're not like a hundred and ten percent. So, um, but. And it's wild because you go like, okay, so we've, we've got like no actual centre forwards in the squad and yet we're not really um, missing them. So it's, you know, you look at the positive and you go for next season then once those guys come back in and we have, you know, a full squad to choose from and, you know, you've got, you know, Traore feeding Tete and Oscar and those guys in and around the box, suddenly, um, you know, prospects don't look so bad. That's it. And it means that we're sort of preparing other styles of play so that, you know, you know, you don't want to wish injuries on anyone. But if, if players were to get injured next season, we can be a bit more confident that we have these sorts of backup strategies or backup ways of playing that we're already prepared to play without certain personnel. Mm. Um, so there's that positive as well. You know, if you want to find a positive in, <laughs> in injuries this season, I guess that would be one. Um, how, how do you see this one going? Do you see, do you reckon we can pull out a win or probably, I, I, I'd probably say I, I suspect Swansea will win this one, maybe one or two nil, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, I don't really know. It's so hard to like say, because I feel like while like four wins on the trot is very intimidating, but it's it's fairly difficult to go like to, to, to nab that, like to go five wins, to go six wins in a row and, yeah, um, I don't know. Potentially, the pressure will get to them, um, like it did to Watford. So that's it. Um, because every game, you know, every one that, week that passes, and they've only got two games left, and they probably need to pick up all six points to make that. Yeah, um, I was just about to, look to, to secure it properly, but. So what, what are they? They're, they're, they're currently in 12th, which, you know, but geez, I mean, the table's pretty condensed because they're in 12th on 62. Sunderland are in 6th on 65. Okay, so they can't games, realistically. They need to win the two remaining yeah. games. Um, yeah, to, to have a chance. Have yeah. a chance. Yeah. So I mean, Coventry uh, are fifth in, on sixty-six as well. So there's really those two spots that are yeah. basically anyone from Coventry to Swansea could theoretically get. Um, but you know, you've got Swansea, Blackburn, and Preston with pretty outrageously bad goal differences compared to the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd think. I mean, that, that's also a case in point that Swansea might come out and say we need to pump up our goal difference and try and get three or four on us. So mm. that could make it a bit interesting as well. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really know. Um, 
think I think, it'll be, I, I think I think actually that approach will actually suit us if they come out mm. sort of possession heavy, attack heavy. We can sit back and counter on them and, and find that mm. space in behind for guys like Ali. Yeah, I um, I think uh, look, I really have no idea. I think it's so it's with with them having so much to play for and yeah, like so many different elements to it. I feel like it's really um, hard because like I wouldn't have tipped. I would not have tipped a one nil win over Watford at all. Yeah. Um, like I just thought with them, you know, that having to win that to stay in a, a chance and and being like one of the promotion or like the playoff favourites, uh, like at the beginning of the season, I would have thought. And I mean, they have a decent squad. They had so many like really, some really good quality players, but they just didn't stand up. So, um, you know, maybe I, I'd be happy to 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 ruins a more party ruins another team's chances but i think you're probably right i feel like this might be um might go against us but um i don't know i don't know i don't i don't really feel like they're going to put score on us i think it'd be pretty tight i think we've um yeah. i mean obviously i say i say we tightened it up but apart from that but i mean apart from that middlesbrough game i think like we were we're after that one one nil at watford we were like seven clean sheets in the last 10 home games or something like that. Like, yeah. Um, so there's quite a lot. Um, so there's quite a lot of good um, statistics on our side as well. So I yeah, don't know, maybe, like a, maybe like a 2 0 win to Swansea. I mean, it says a lot about our early season form that we're still sitting there with a minus 10 goal difference despite all those clean sheets. Mm. But there you go. Um, look, it'll be an interesting game. And then we've got the last game of the season next week against Luton as well. So it kind of comes to a close. Um, I think the way that we'll do things for the podcast, we'll probably do um, our preview episode next week for the Luton game. And then we'll probably take a couple of weeks off the podcast. I'm thinking we'll try and do a couple of those decade review episodes during the playoffs probably. And then once the dust settles on the season, we know what the championship's going to look like next season we can do our <clears throat> season review episode and um, and sort of start to preliminary look ahead to next season as well. But, uh, look, you know, thanks for joining me today, Dan. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in as well. We'll be back this time next week too, or probably not literally this time. It's a early morning episode here on um, Anzac Day, but we'll be back uh, probably next Wednesday to review the, uh, the Swansea fixture, look ahead to our last game of the season and all that it entails. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group, or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. All the city's on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now it's the time, yeah, the city's on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, cause you're amber and black till you're